1: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's dot com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. As a kid, I would watch a hockey player that I wanted to skate like, and I would teach myself to skate like him. And when it became business, I would see people in business, executives that I wanted to be like and I wanted to emulate. So I would... I would dress like them, I would talk like them, I would learn their lingo, and that was really successful for me. But when it came to, you know, one of our earlier our, the foundation question of this podcast when you were like, you know, where did you where did the burnout begin or where what what I think realized is like I didn't see a path that I want I was excited about anymore. And I didn't I didn't have any more people that I wanted to emulate, <laughs> you know, and like and I I almost felt like I had no mentor to necessarily lean completely into. And that's when I kind of realized with the pandemic and all these skill sets that I
0: had had that I was poised to create myself. It's said that people don't quit jobs, they quit managers. But how can a manager be an effective leader at work and at home if they're overwhelmed, burned out, and unchallenged in their own life? This week on Life Amplified, I'm going to have a conversation with my dear friend and client, Brian McAleer, about how the pandemic led him to his purpose and an exciting new career pivot. If you want a roadmap to stop emulating other people's success so you can create your career on your terms, this is the episode for you. Welcome back. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. The pandemic did not invent managerial burnout, but it has certainly illuminated the extent to which executives feel buried under an avalanche of stress and responsibility. Think about it. For many middle managers at many companies, they're trying to please the corporate overlords, implementing the new hybrid work policies, while simultaneously trying to take care of the people that report to them. The result? has been burnout. According to Gallup, 66% of managers and executives are facing burnout in the workplace. But here's some additional stats. 76% are overwhelmed. 72% feel an increased pressure to deliver. 84% internalize fault for high employee burnout and turnover and making matters worse, 89% of HR leaders agree that managers should lead with empathy and the hybrid work model but admit their companies aren't making investments in executive wellness. My guest this week on the podcast decided that he was going to take responsibility to invest in himself and create a meaningful second career chapter. Brian McAleer is the Senior Vice President of Multi-Platform Strategy for iHeartRadio, a position that didn't exist a year ago, but one that he created for himself through our 18 months of coaching together. He's also the CEO of his own company named GentLife. It's an influencer brand designed to help men fit in, but most importantly stand out by sharing their love, compassion, and knowledge with people who need it most. Some of the topics that Brian and I are going to talk about today are the hidden gift of the pandemic and how it led him to discovering his purpose and taking control of his destiny. The importance of immersion and how committing to a new way of being was the key to getting everything he ever wanted. We'll discuss how the results you're getting or not getting in your life are simply a product of the rules you live by and how to write a new playbook that works for you. We'll discuss the B-word, boundaries, and how to get intentional with your day so you can eliminate overwhelm and obligation, and one of my favorite things to talk about on the podcast, the power of authenticity. I love this conversation. I hope it is a gateway to opening up a bigger discussion in your life on men's mental health. So whether you are a man who is feeling overwhelmed or you're the partner of one Please share this podcast with them. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram, tag Brian at BroadcastingBMac, and be sure to tag me at CSCDanMason. Let us know your key takeaways. For right now, let's dig in and talk about how to stop emulating other people's careers so you can build one on your own terms with my guest, Brian McAleer Welcome to Life
1: Amplified, my friend. Thank you for having me on this coveted podcast.
0: Yeah, so many wins in your life to celebrate over the last year and a half and an interesting journey for you to get there that I think is really important because one of the things we talk about, you know, in the age of burnout, you know, the huge epidemic that's been happening, particularly for managers in the pandemic. uh, We've talked a lot and rightfully so about the burnout that women are facing high-performing uh, high women juggling the responsibilities at work and at home. And there's been less information out there, probably because as men were less willing to talk about it, about where men were at over the course of the pandemic. And so let's just take this back to the beginning. Like at the end of 2020, we're a year into the pandy. You're a high-performing man great managerial job working in the media industry, uh, beautiful home and a beautiful community, uh, a beautiful soon-to-be wife and a thriving relationship. And your Zoom default photo is a picture of you and Bono from U2. Life is good on the surface, but yet there was some inner pain that was illuminated for you during that year of lockdown. And I'm wondering if you could speak just to what was going on with you emotionally that led you to make a change?
1: I'd have to back you up a little further from that. Um, cause the pain was, I think, long standing, uh, prior to the pandy. <laughs> and for me, it was really about the fact that, you know, and, and I, and I just didn't realize this. I didn't, I didn't have a very good mindset about being open to new things, new ways of doing things. Um, going back to when i was a young kid and a hockey player i i willed success as a hockey player by just grinding like literally pushing my body into a place where i didn't think it you know pushing myself physically mentally and emotionally out of a comfort zone constantly to the point where i kind of taught myself if you want to have real results you've got to get out of your comfort zone and it should suck. Life should suck for you to have Mm -hmm. your achievements. And I kept that, you know, I had so much success with that in a lot of ways that I actually, I kept applying that to my life. I applied that to college, I applied that to jobs, I applied that to relationships. By the time I had, you know, gotten to age, you know, 39, 40 years old when the pandemic started for me, I I had grinded myself out um, mm. and I was not open to a mindset change. In fact, when people would say to me, you should try to be more present, I would say, what do you mean? I'm right here. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't even open to grasping it. Um, yeah. And there we were in a pandemic My job relies on radio listeners, which went to zero overnight. Um, My wife, you know, had made comments prior to the pandemic that, you know, we were like two passing ships in the night because she's also a high performer. Um, A big piece of why I fell in love with her, uh, aside from the good looks, of course. And I, it just got to a point where I was... I was grinding and grinding and grinding so much that I just didn't give any other thought to anything. And by putting yourself in a pandemic, it was almost like the universe gave me. I I remember in college, I had this art teacher once who said he was going on sabbatical. And I remember thinking, that sounds lovely. So you essentially just take time off to find yourself. (laughs) <laughs> and I've, I, I remember thinking for a long time, I need a sabbatical. And I never thought the universe would deliver a sabbatical in the form of a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, but I got I to gotta be honest, it really panned out for me because it gave me this pause. And suddenly I'm home all the time. I'm not, I'm not getting home at night and giving my, my, my girlfriend and now wife the worst of me. While work got the best of me for several hours, and I remember thinking, mm. I, "This is how I'm going to spend my life—eight hours a day in this place forever." Like that sucks. Um, and the pandemic showed us all that now we can be mobile and we can do podcasts like this. Um, so I think it—it it gave me an opportunity to like really sit and think and reflect. And my wife was reading a lot of self-help books at the time, and she started with a book called, uh, she started me on a book called More, How to Meditate Without Actually Trying. And the book is perfect, by the way, for those of you, uh, your viewers and listeners who who struggle with the idea of mindset. You know, what does that mean? What is mindset? You know, I can't get there. I'm so stressed out. Um, Yeah. And I feel like this book was the perfect intro because it talks to you like a normal person. You know, it doesn't, it's not very woo-woo. That gave me the opportunity to not only, I now had this opportunity to see the future of radio and how, you know, what their own pandemic, you know, uh, of, of listenership and technology that they were under give me time to reflect on how to change my mindset, both about how I view work how I view life was like just the perfect alignment of the stars. So I started reading those books and I started, you know, we started hiking together on Saturday mornings. You couldn't go anywhere. Um, So I had a lot of time uh, being still, a lot of time with, you know, in peace, a lot of time with my wife that had nothing to do with work.
0: I want to jump in because you said something really important, right? And that's about sort of the rules and the blueprint by which we live our life. And whatever the the situation is that you're experiencing in your life for better or worse is really just a product of the rules and the blueprint you set up. And most of the time, we don't even know that we're really operating by these rules because you know we've been with it so long that it's default. But with masculinity in particular, and for many men, and I don't want to say because I have also many high-achieving female clients who are in their masculine energy in the workplace, but there's this idea that life that performance is tied to work (laughs) and it's tied to effort and energy and i love what you shared because in your 20s that will work when you're young and and youthful and you've got an abundance of energy and you can pour yourself into that but as we approach middle age (laughs) the energy becomes more precious And if we're pouring it all into work, it doesn't leave a lot of room or space for the other things that we value. So talk about that idea of like, hey, I don't want to be passing ships in the night with my wife. And by the way, I'd like to pivot and create a really interesting next chapter in my career, but I need energy to do all that. And I'm running on empty. What was that process like for you? And how did you get out of it? How did you start to redirect your energy in ways that could help you build a new vision?
1: Ah, man, it's a complex question to answer because it it took many different things happening at many different points that seemed almost perfectly aligned. It was the perfect timing for the universe to kind of for me to recognize the universe for fun and not just see it as a bunch of stars in the sky, but you know, aside from having work slow down to almost a complete halt, start reevaluating that completely different. Having time with my wife that was uninterrupted and creating new adventures, it was like a taste of like this is what life can really be like. I can create and manifest a life that I want. Um, and the interesting thing was, um, actually, you know, uh, I felt like outside from the book, the book helping me to see mindset is we also, one other variable is we lost a loved one at the end of the pandemic. Um, our beloved little pup, Mia, and we don't have kids, my wife and I, so she in essence was our kid. And, and it wasn't like, you know, a a painful cancer that was you know months and you know I could you know see it coming and even in that case like that I don't even know that we're ever really prepared for loss like that but we tragically lost her in front of us overnight and it was awful I wish it on no one Um, and I know I even talked to you in our in our one-on-one sessions for a long time about how was this supposed to serve me you know usually in hindsight you can look back and be like I got that speeding ticket which seemed to piss me off at the time, but maybe I didn't crash into a tree because I got that speeding ticket, you know. Whereas it was really hard for me to understand and grasp, why would the universe need this from me, you know, and why would this happen to me, or how did it happen for me? And the reality is, I think it completely destructed my priorities. Uh, Because you were talking about how, you know, as, as men... We kind of measure our achievement by our work and how much money we bring home to the family. And like suddenly when you experience something tragic, you stop giving shit about everything. And I think that that was my coupled with what had happened with the pandemic and all the time with my wife and reading this new book that you had kind of come back into my life. And we were talking about working one on one together just at a time of weakness enough for me to say, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna take some real chances. I'm gonna take some real risks here because I don't feel good right now. I haven't felt good in a long time. I don't know if it was necessarily, I was definitely burnt out, but I can't say it just stops at burnout. It was more than that. It was, I was unchallenged and I was on the same game plan uh, with no new plan. And yeah. you know, I, I didn't know where that was going. So you and I started working together when the universe kind of brought you to me. At the perfect time
0: the part about being unchallenged is interesting because i think you know with anybody in life but particularly for men so much of our journey is about playing at the edge right if we're not living as fully as we would like to then a lot of men who show up in my programs feel like they're weakened by that and there's a huge barrier especially for guys when we're in that breadwinner role that we feel like, well, I can't step away or I can't take a risk on expanding my career or pivoting into a new role. I know what I'm making, where I'm at right now. Like, I think 72% of people in a study said that being a provider was a really important trait for men. So as you're getting married and you're building this partnership with your wife, How did you navigate that, the pressure on one hand that I want to be the best provider and I want to take care of my family, but I also need to find some deeper level of self-expression or some bigger expression of my gifts in the world?
1: The short answer would be immersion. You and I started doing Monday's one-on-ones together, you know, where you were helping kind of support and put a strategy together with my goals and my dreams, both in, you know, how I felt about life and how I was actually pursuing it. Two... Uh, I had a therapist Tuesdays, so the day after I would see you, I would see her, and we would, you know, I was like a one-two punch. All while at the same time, I'm reading books from Tony Robbins, Mr. Singer. I've immersed myself in this new mindset, so it made it difficult for me to go back to the comfort zone. Um, even though I would always have this like fear of like, oh my God, am I really going to quit my job? That sounds insane. You know, and people will tell you that who, who aren't going through this transition themselves. because they, they, they almost like it's like misery loves company. It's like, no, 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 don't quit the comfort zone, man. Stay here with me. Um, you're crazy for leaving a steady job. And like, that's, that's a, that's a word, by the way, that I'm working with some of my clients on ridding themselves of that word and of those two words in their vocabulary steady job. But, We took, uh, we did UPW with Tony Robbins, which was really helpful. We did, you know, a lot of countless free exercises where, you know, uh, Dean Graziosa or, uh, you know, somebody was doing something and I could, if I could pick one thing out of it and just walk away feeling like empowered, you know, because I think it's only a matter of time before you start declining if you're not constantly moving forward on something in terms of changing your mindset and your pattern. So... The closer I got to completely deviating from my pattern for so many years, the more uncomfortable life got to me.
0: When you say deviating from the pattern, what pattern is that that you had to let go of in order to get to this next level? What was, what was the old pattern that was keeping you safe, keeping you secure, keeping the paychecks rolling in, but also you know, killing your spirit?
1: This is one of the first things you and I worked on, actually, which was massive. Um, And that was the idea that I got up at 7 a.m. and immediately picked up my phone. And I would start, you know, with the fear and the belief that something's gone wrong at work and everybody's looking for me. And I had this a day day in and day out. the fear didn't start to go away until somewhere towards Thursday and Friday and Saturday I felt good and then somewhere around two p m three p m four p m on Sunday, I started getting this crazy anxiety that would like that was like almost like devastating. Then I would go to work seven a m read emails, start my day off really angry and pissed, go right to work, sit in. Uh, There were some times when I'd go to the bathroom and stay in there for 30 minutes just to avoid life and and Mm. sit with myself.
0: I I resonate with that so hard. Like in my last corporate job, fortunately, there were no windows on the uh, door to my office. So I would sit in there and I'd be like, I need to meditate. I need to reset. I'm going to set the alarm for 20 minutes on my phone. And I was so just physically exhausted at that point in my life. I would get about three minutes into meditation and then that alarm would go off after 20 minutes and I will have been asleep like sitting straight up on the couch in my office with like my head down and drool coming down in front of my shirt because there was just no energy left. For you, I remember in particular in our coaching sessions, you always had this belief that if i walk away if i'm not available to everybody at all times when they need me this whole house of cards is going to fall that pattern of over responsibility where did that come from what allowed you to shift between you know because as managers as leaders as men whether it's at work or at home you know we are here to be leaders but how do you toe the line between that And almost being over-responsible for other people and taking on shit that's not yours.
1: (laughs) You know, I have to go back, you know, almost to the hockey days and stuff like that. I really believe that started with, I have this deep need for belonging. Um, You know, and hockey teams gave me that. No one else I was, you know, going to school with played hockey. So it was kind of like... It would give me a little bit of badassness. It would make me feel significant. I was the hockey player. I was the tough little hockey player. And I, I would go off on these tournaments and stuff all over the country and the world. To, uh, and that would be my pursuit to be significant in the world. And like, I always felt like I was picked on a lot as a kid. Um, and I, and I, I was really sensitive to it. So I felt like hockey was my protection. And then later, radio became my protection. You know, I, I was doing cool things. Like you said, I have a picture with Bono. I must be amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> you know? but, but that sense of belonging to a community, and I think this is universal coaching for anybody listening right now. We all have a need for belonging, but sometimes in the process to fit in or to belong, somewhere along the way we quit belonging to ourselves.
1: Oh, man. Amen. And that's
0: what I hear for you. is like you're waking up, you're straight in the phone before you've even maybe checked in with your wife you know to, to out of fear
1: them. out of yeah. fear that I'll be kicked out of the club I won't be if I don't do this for my friend if I don't hook up the morning show guy with the tickets if I don't you know come through for the record label if I don't come up big with ratings if I don't if I can't make the payments on the house if I can't you know and I was always operating from this place and I think it took you and I a lot of sessions along with my therapist to realize like, I was replaying in my head years of childhood. You know, uh, my my brother and sister had gone on to college. I was left behind. Um, there were some issues that we had had, where you know we were having some struggles financially. We had to um, we had to actually at one point um, move, and um, you know I I didn't realize all that time that. You know, uh, like I was building up things in my mind for what will happen one day. Like this is this is how it's going to play out. It's all going to come tumbling down, and I have to be way ahead of it to not let that happen. I was a freak about you know, and still have to some extent about keeping details about my taxes and keeping details about this and that because it's only a matter of time before the tax guy is going to get me, or I, I, I'm going to miss a payment and then they're going to take my home away, or you know, so. Uh, That craziness has been in my mind for a long, long time. The
0: desire for control, right? To try to control everything in in the external. Perhaps that's why the pandemic was such a powerful time of transformation for you. Because if there's one big life lesson that came out of living through two years of lockdown, it's that none of us... Like, control's an illusion. (laughs) You can try to manipulate and... You know squeeze and 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 by hook or crook get your way in the world or make everything the way you want it and then like a pandemic blows through and all those models of reality just sort of fall by the wayside like it's not sustainable
1: yeah and you watch a lot of your brethren you know lose their jobs or get furloughed and um, that sucks you know and then we, you, you and I have been in the corporate sector long enough to watch, you know, the mass exoduses happen and like and how painful that is and kind of always assume one day it'll be me, you know, and, and, you know, that's a, that's a tough reality to live in. And like, actually, you, you it's amazing now sitting on the, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, perch that I sit on now where I'm a little bit more zoomed out on life than so zoomed in that. I see that pattern now in so many people that I work with, you know, that, you know, have made every excuse as to why they can't move forward and they just continue the same pattern of, I will work around the clock 24 seven through weekends if I have to doing something that doesn't challenge me anymore with no foreseeable pay raise. Um, and I, I wonder you know, obviously, I know a lot about the broadcast sector and entertainment, but I, I wonder, is that is that everyone? Is that you know people in the construction world? Is that people in uh, in, in in the financial sector?
0: Yeah, I, well, having coached people in the financial sector, legal, medical, like every se- the tech sector has been a big one where clients have come through over the course of the pandemic. It's everywhere. And you know, a lot of times we equate that sense of security to the money, which is why so many companies now are, you know, it's interesting, there was a study on people who get uh, financial performance incentives in their job. And like the people who are working for to get to a bonus are less connected to their family. They're spending less time at home because they're gonna be more apt to make that choice at 6 p.m., they're going to happy hour to go schmoon as a client. They're going to skip out on the little league game for their kids or the ballet recital because they've got to be out working. There's so much of that that we, you know, people believe that security is tied to a paycheck. It's you know tied to the finances. Uh, it's tied to the approval of, of being a high performer. And again, you know, I think that this has been a great opportunity for us to all reinvent and redefine what is security. You know, what is success for you moving forward?
1: For me personally, I feel like I owe it to the rest of the world to share this story, you know, yeah. of like oh, like what I love about being in the pods with you is the fact that I'm in there with two other who are their guys and you know i can learn from them but they can also learn from me and you know and, and and see that this was possible i was able to create a position that's not only just more gratifying for me but it's going to help our industry you know it's going to help our industry move forward um and then you know instead of posting pictures of me seemingly looking and feeling good I can actually feel good and write about what I'm feeling mm-hmm. with the pictures and share it and leave breadcrumbs you know it's kind of like gent life is is so many things but it started out really as like without me realizing it like a, a, almost like a a blog to myself as a 22 year old mm. here's how here's how to crack this here's how to get past this obstacle you know and, and it's how to just, play the game how to get others to love you <laughs> is really how it started you know and um, and now now I have more purpose with it um, at least a better intention that's more aligned um, so and those two th- what I'm doing now for iHeartRadio and what I do for gent life with my wife are, 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 are it's a perfect marriage you know they use a lot of social media which is great Um so, and I didn't even see that. That was an inadvertently uh, happy accident, or, or maybe it wasn't.
0: I want to talk about what you're doing with creating this side business with Gent Life coming up in just a second. But you, one of the things that happened for you, and I think a lot of times we tie this idea to career, uh, of career reinvention to, I'm just going to detonate the career, I'm burning it all to the ground, and I'm just going to go and build something from scratch.
1: Burn the and boats.
0: Yeah, like a lot of, and look, on this podcast, a lot of those conversations tend to be in that vein of people who just like completely blew up and started from scratch. And maybe that's because that's what career reinvention looked like to me. But you do represent probably about a third of the clients that I work with that were like, no, I'm going to stay in the industry that I'm in. But as you said earlier, to your point, I need a new challenge talk about the process of just revisioning your life and being able to make that pivot you know when we started out did you have this idea that you would be moving into more of a talent coaching and a content creation role for the company or how did that all come about for you?
1: I think a while back I, I was you know I had been thinking for a long time like you know how the, how the general trajectory for radio works you know you start you become a program director. Then you maybe become an SVPP of a market. And I remember always thinking, like, I don't want to be over a market. I don't want to have to climb to that rung of this ladder. Like, that's not it. I don't want to chase people around for contracts. I don't want to put fires out. It's just not, it wasn't aligned with what I wanted to be. And I, I felt pressure, by the way, to do that
0: that's really important talk about that like is is that from the people from the people above you of course hey just come follow this path correct
1: it's the same pattern you know of other people who are just doing what they know to do over and over again and actually that's where i really see the big opportunity for me is it took a long time for me to recognize that Just because they're the CEO or COO or or an executive in the company doesn't necessarily mean they've thought of everything. In fact, you know, iHeart's run by really smart radio program directors from the last several decades who are, you know, who are transcending one another. But this technology boom is just, they're not necessarily sure how to use it because they don't necessarily use TikTok or YouTube You know, and I see that as it was a big opportunity for me to grow uh, my own brands that I was overseeing. And I used that hot stock to say, hey, here's an idea on how to scale it. I'll work with everybody.
0: A lot of times when we think about the career path that we create, there are so many people who are either following in their family's footsteps or doing a job that they watch their parents do or something that their parents leaned on them to get into. But we can create that dynamic in a corporate culture, right? Where, you know, the people above us, you know, the direct supervisor has a plan to leave and move on to a bigger role and they want you to replace them. Or in some cases, like what you just described, some people who are like, well, no, you're not taking my job. This is where I plan on being why don't you go do this other thing over here? And sort of lost in all of that is the ability to choose. Like, I think it's so important when people are talking, you know, a lot of corporations set up mentorship programs within the company, but if the mentor you have doesn't have the job that you're aspiring to, it might not be the right mentor for you.
1: Remember how, I, I I think from Tony Robbins is probably where I learned about the power of proximity you know, and the people that you keep in your circle are the ones that are going to, you know, you're going to emulate them. Is is that the right word? Um, And I had a really good eye for that. You know, as as a kid, I would watch a hockey player that I wanted to skate like, and I would teach myself to skate like him. And when it became business, I would see people in business executives that I wanted to be like, and I wanted to emulate. So I would I would dress like them, I would talk like them, I would learn their lingo, and that was really successful for me. But when it came to, you know, one of our earlier our, the, the foundation question of this podcast when you were like, you know, where did you where did the burnout begin or where what what I think realized is like I didn't see a path that I want I was excited about anymore. And I didn't I didn't have any more people that I wanted to emulate, <laughs> you know, and like and I I almost felt like I had no mentor to necessarily lean completely into. And that's when I kind of realized with the pandemic and all these skill sets that I had had that I was poised to create myself.
0: Ah, I love that. Let's go. I, I just want to, I want to like put a big ass bat light on that, right? After years <laughs> of emulating. This is what so many of us do. We'll emulate a parent or emulate somebody sibling, ahead of us. A sibling, a best sharing. friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many people who come to me and they say, well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left high school, so I chose the major that my really successful cousin chose. Or I chose the one that my sibling chose. In so much of our life, if we don't have that strong sense of who we are, and most of us in high school are not taught to develop that sense of who we are, then we're going to spend our life emulating, which is it will work for a period of time, but what you're talking about here is creating yourself. That's a big aha moment for somebody today.
1: And honestly, I I, I can't I would be lying to you if I didn't say that I still have confidence issues from time to time, you know, and I, I start to fall back into an old pattern or something like that. And generally that happens after I've fallen out of a pattern, you know, where I I, I of self care. But I feel like when I was younger, I, I, I felt like I had a lot of confidence issues. And like I was saying to you earlier in the podcast, like hockey was, was a big piece for me to try to you know bridge myself out of that and gain confidence from that. And I did. And then radio gave me this whole other chunk of confidence and, experience and wealth of experience. But then you know at the end of it, like you said, I didn't know what to do with it all. I, I ran out of things. I ran out of... Uh, with stepping stones, and I I didn't have a new platform to jump to, and I didn't even necessarily have the confidence to create my own platform, you know, I I, I needed help for that, I came to you, you know, I went to a therapist, I read tons of books, like, all things, by the way, before a year and a half ago, I did not do, I did not have a therapist, I did not have a coach, I wasn't reading, I was just doing my pattern.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And living in the emulating cycle. So let's talk here as part of the reinvention. We have, you know, you've mentioned this gent life thing, but for context for our listeners, uh, this is a side project that you're building while you're still in corporate. What is GentLife? And how is that switch for you now that you're, you know, actively creating and not about emulating because I feel like that shifted the trajectory of what you're building there within within that business as well.
1: Like I said a little bit ago, I it was tips on how to all the things that I was emulating from the executives, you know, how they were dressing, the things they were ordering at the bar, the things that the topics of conversation they would have, generally, you know, it could be about politics or the economy and then, you know, and how that related to what we were doing as a business, Um, you know, as a 23-year-old, that can be really, you know, scary, because, like, I can't walk into necessarily a a store like Paul Smith and buy things when I make, you know, $30,000 a year, or something like that. I can't go and order an Old Fashioned at the Fountain Blue, you know, and I felt like, I'm gonna show people what to order, how to look, how to you know how to you know how to set themselves up for everything. The thing that I was not aligned with though, it, in, intentionally, was 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 myself and the reality of. I think it was in the Michael Singer book that actually you suggested I read. Um, I'm trying to remember which is the Big Leap.
0: Yeah, where, that's uh Gay Hendrix.
1: Gay Hendrix, right? Yeah. Where he was talking about. Um, how you have to have like a strong why you have to you have to have a good intention like you know you have to it can't be just you know this is why I'm awesome and you should emulate it you should have a you know a more human intention a humane intention to it and that's when I realized you know I could start using some I never had that with Gent Life before it was just cool pictures of uh, how to dress it was you know a cool drink uh, you know or here's me in on a plane in first class it wasn't it wasn't really about the why and that really that book was what kind of told me like hey you know you're doing this for a person who's struggling with their confidence you're you're trying to help them cut all the years that it took you to figure out this pathway and shave some of those years off for them I think it's Dean Graziello shows like how you know you have the divot for everybody, and how you can build a bridge with your knowledge to make it easier for everybody to get to where you got to faster. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I,
1: I think that's you know that's my dot with that is I, I've got to now show people how I got here. But it's it's bigger than just my jacket and tie, and, and right. my cocktail. Mm-hmm. Now it's my mindset. You know what had to change in there, um, and that's it's you know and, and on, by the way. It's kind of like, you know, how you write down your gratitude every morning uh, to try to remember how good life really is for you. Like, you know, and remember how, you know, and focus on the great aspects of it. The fact that I get to write these things on Twitter and I get to take our conversations and put them out there and take like a little nugget of a conversation you and I had or something I got out of a Gay Hendrix book and share it with people and be like, yes, this, this is this is what I'm talking about, you know. It, it actually helps me stay on track. So, um, I, there, there, there's a lot more to that why now.
0: Yeah. So, what was essentially sort of an outside in approach, which is how most of us live, you know, uh, you created this gentlife brand that was like fashion, travel, influencer, blog. Here's what you need to wear, here's what you need to dress. What I hear is that you shifted now and you're really working on with people on who they need to become and to create their path rather than emulate it.
1: Yeah, it went from here's how to get laid <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> to here is how to find yourself, you know, and yeah. here's how to break out of like a lot of people like, you know, I used to think when people teased me about you know, the pocket square and the jacket and all of that, I used to think about it like, oh, maybe this is too much, you know, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm overdoing it, um, but then over time I realized, like, a lot of those people would come back to me and say things like, you know, I say those things you because I don't have the confidence to, to wear what you wear, I don't think I can mm-hmm. get away with it, they order the Bud Light because that's all they've ever ordered, and you know they're they're weirded out when you know they are going to and sit in with an executive and embarrassed that they don't know wines or whiskeys and that you know or they don't know what's going on in the world. And the reality is, is like you can have whatever you want, you know. And I, I I've I've now been able to achieve so many things in my life, and I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily what I would consider wealthy yet, <laughs> yet. But like I. I feel like I can absolutely do it. I could. I could be a five nine hundred and sixty three pound kid who found his way onto a as a walk on onto a big a big hockey team in college. I you know I played a couple national championships. Like I I got to a, an Ivy League university. And by the way, when I was in that school, I thought every day would be my last day there. I, I really did. I believed I was only one test away from being escorted to the door. So. A real like look back at my moments and like the achievements I've had and like this this massive achievement of being able to create what I really wanted to do now that I've done all the work you know I I, I'm mind blown I'm mind blown like I wonder if I if I really wanted to play center field for the Red Sox could I have done it I'm not I think I could have you know I really do (laughs) so like it's just that's not where my path took me so uh, but I have so much so many more things I want to achieve. I, I don't I don't actually think, you know, my retirement will be sitting around a house. I think I'll be building things.
0: Well, once you know your purpose, you know, you get to work on the things that light you up and not the things that you feel like you have to. Which is all part of that creating versus emulating, you know, which is really a big theme of this conversation. Yeah, I see Talk somebody
1: to... like yourself by the way, and like somebody like Tony Robbins living a very long life. You know, because I think that's also part of, you know, you know, obviously aside from not eating shitty all the time and, and getting some movement and challenging your, your capillaries a little bit, I also think it's that fulfillment aspect.
0: Well, thank you for mentioning me in the same breath as Tony Robbins, first of all. Uh, I always see these people like, you know, in the in the self-help world now who are like into biohacking and they're like, we want to live to be 120. And I'm like, eh, slow down, like that
1: just, well, I suppose it, I mean like, uh, who was it? The like, guy. That's a,
0: that's a little much. I don't know.
1: The guy who was, um, and you touched on this a little earlier about putting a goal with a date on it. There was a guy I listened to on the Lewis Howes podcast um, who wrote a book. I think he was part of the creators of The Secret. I can't remember his name, but it blew my mind when they talked about his age. He does. he, he writes about the laws of attraction, and he writes about how he puts a date on something about when he'll achieve it and I do that myself keeping cards in my pocket with you know goals I want to achieve with dates on them in the present tense and he had said at 87 years old he had already booked space in Las Vegas to do a seminar and a summit for attraction for his 100th birthday and I was like I mean like who does that? Who, who creates purpose for themselves with that kind of timeline and that kind of intention? Like, I could see myself surviving a lot longer if I could, you know, I've always got that thing in the future that I'm, I'm gunning for, you know, and I, I, I think that's why I feel like, you know, I see Tony doing this in, into his 90s, still yeah. jumping around on stage. Why? Because it elates him. He's doing good things.
0: Yeah. So you had mentioned this idea of writing down goals, on a piece of paper and and timestamping them, um, which is something that you know we had created well over a year ago. That you had this idea by April first of twenty twenty two, you were going to be in this entirely new role at iHeart Radio. By the way, I think it's important for context: the role didn't exist. <laughs> they, they didn't. They didn't have anybody doing this new job that you've created for yourself. But the other big goal that you have is that you were going to have your first investment property closed on and and ready to, you know, start airbnb out for passive revenue. Um, And you had a specific date. And what I love is that both those things happened literally within days of the date that we put down on the card.
1: Incredible, right? Yeah. I, I almost also, didn't believe it was going to happen for myself. You know? I remember
0: a couple weeks before we came up on that April 1st, you and I did a call where you were kind of freaking out. You're like, well, I think this whole deal is going to fall apart. And what the hell? Like I, you know, that very sort of masculine achievement. But I said it was going to be on April 1st. So it has to be, which of course it did. But the difference is, and I love manifestation stories like that in my client community, and we, we do that all the time. But the big difference for me is like, when I think about when I first started out on this reinvention journey, I would see these tactics. I watched the video of Jim Carrey talking to Oprah about like writing himself a $10 million check for acting services rendered. And he dated it a few years into the future. And how within like two days of that date is when he got paid $10 million to do the mask. And I was like, this is it? It's all we have to do, we just got to write some shit down. Awesome. So I wrote down, I had just left my corporate career and I had wrote down this big amount of money for for coaching services rendered and I dated it one year into the future. And by the way, that didn't work out for me in year one. I think I made about one tenth of the amount that was on that check. But the difference is for me is like, I was setting these external goals but I still hadn't mastered the inner game. Like one of the big things that I I think we, that people should walk away from is to get something new in your life, a new result. It's going to require you to become somebody new. We talked about this journey of you from like emulating all these people you looked up to versus creating yourself. What was that for you? When you think back on where you were burned out a year into the pandemic, completely at the mercy of your iphone the people who work for you the new initiatives with the company versus this guy who literally believes he could go play like center field for the boston red sox if he wanted to but having that level of confidence and clarity who did you have to become in order to reach this new level
1: i had to become authentically myself I would love to tell all of your listeners and viewers that that's just like a snap of the finger kind of thing, um, and I'm and I'm still every day, you know, trying to figure out who that is a little bit more. Um, but I now know my my thought process as a kid of you know how I applied you know growing and and, and the sport of ice hockey and manifesting that you know by just grinding and grinding in uncomfortable situations. There was something to take away from that, no doubt, but that, that isn't, I don't think that's what we're here for. I don't think we're here to suffer to see our achievements and, um, and that mindset has changed. And I think that was the one thing that I really had to figure out. Like I could be as strategic with my day and my time as I wanted. Um, and the other interesting thing is during the pandemic, I, I saw this really cool, um, I think it was on TikTok from Sylvester Stallone of all people who was saying, he he just was on TikTok saying, he's like, now in my sixties, I realize that my biggest currency is time. And like that kind of resonated with me. He, you know, he was like, I don't spend time anymore with people. I don't like-minded with who you know share similar viewpoints Um, I just you know I don't I don't spend time doing things that don't make me happy Um, and so many people on earth feel like like I said earlier you have to you have to suck it for a while to get what you want and you know and then suck it some more and I, I don't I don't feel that way anymore uh, I recognize there can be things of discomfort, some things I might have to do that i don't want to do, but i'm i'm not going to spend eight hours a day doing that anymore and that that was that was big into figuring out who I was
0: yeah, you know so many so uh, yeah when I think about the mindset traps that I came up with and that I can fall into, I always like thought happiness was the thing that came after success
1: right? mm-hmm. If, When I achieve this, I'll have this, and then I'll be cool.
0: And then what you realize is, you know, again, from a law of attraction and metaphysics standpoint, the happier you are in the present, the more successful you'll be. And the more you magnetize the opportunities, or you can magnetize your dream investment property, your dream corporate job, literally to the date, that's on a card, but all because you've learned how to to kind of create the outcomes you want in the present rather than delaying them in the future.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I do struggle with is like if I was able to go talk to myself at age 22, would I even listen to myself? Mm. You know what I mean? Because like at, at age 22, it's a way different world. You know, you're, you're. I was having fun. You know, I, I was doing gigs late into the night, getting paid in cash. I was... I was exploring adulthood and just having, you know, resources for once that, you know, at my own place. Uh, I don't know if I ever would have been able to really sit and hear the idea of mindset. I don't, I don't know that I would have, I think I would have grasped it as like, you know, you would church and prayer. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, it's important. You know, but like, but not actually put any of it into practice. I don't know that I would have been able to, I don't know that I could... I could, have, I could have achieved that, even if he gave me an hour with myself at age 22. So, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for that, you know, our, our chapters and our phases of life.
0: We'll wrap it up with this. For the man who's listening today, and by the way, I know we have lots of female listeners, but they're pro- it could be very well that they're observing the man in their life in that struggle, trying to figure out who he is, trying to... You know, still investing all of his energy into performance because we tend to equate that with masculinity. But we also tend to suffer in silence as men. You know, women will get together over a boozy brunch and they'll they'll talk about this. Men, we will hang out over fantasy football or watching a hockey game, but we tend not to have the conversations where we open ourselves up. I would so also the-
1: argue, by the way, as men... When we have those, you know, beers at fantasy football and we're watching playoff hockey or whatever, I think we tend to look outward for the cause of our problems. Oh, well, it's her fault because she's always nagging me about this, or it's my boss is a a dick, or, you know, the company has just got it all wrong, or, uh, you know, it, it it's always an outside external source. I feel like women are better about looking inward.
0: Mm, Yeah. I, I, I wasted a lot of years thinking, man, if all these things outside of me would just change,
1: I'd be so happy.
0: <laughs> yes. That, by the way, was a really poor approach. But for the man who might still be in that, you know, just we, you know, we're all doing the best we can from our current level of awareness. What's the first step? What is the first step for him to turn it around? If you had to give, when you think about this journey you've been on for two years, what would be the first thing he could do today that would make an impact?
1: I, I, they might not be as lucky to, <laughs> I, I, I say this uh, reluctantly, they might not be as lucky to have a pandemic globally hit them at the time it hit for me when, I, <laughs> when all the stars aligned. But, um, but most jobs give you PTO and sick days. Use a bunch of them. Use a bunch of them and, and and spend some time getting in touch with yourself. Maybe read that Bliss more book. Do some meditating. Try a therapist. Give yourself some time to immerse yourself in this idea that you could have a different life. Feel what it would feel like. You know, to not take that 7 a.m. call or that 7 a.m. email and and create boundaries for yourself. Feel, feel what that feels like and then just put it into action slowly but surely and immerse yourself into the life you actually really do want. And and maybe by the way you're not exactly sure what that is because I wasn't right away. It didn't become very clear to me that I had all of these things that I could give to to earth that were that were worth something and that provided value. But all the rules that you always believed, you know, growing up are not really rules. And um I would, I would really implore you to change some of those rules of control you have in your head, and and start being still a little bit more, and and invest in therapy and coaching.
0: Yeah, right. Mentorship is everything, man. Like I, I, when I think of my first step, it was just allowing for support. It was the decision to stop trying to figure it out on my own because that just had me spinning in circles. So. Brian, love the conversation. Proud of you and all of your success. Always just inspired to see like all the things that you're doing in your life. How can people find you online? And, and if they want to check out the Gent Life brand, where do they go?
1: Okay. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of platforms. So whatever the platform of your choice, if it's Instagram, you can follow us at gent.life because this uh, this is really my wife and I, you know, trying to help people find their path uh you know to greatness and um you can follow me personally at broadcasting bmac on Instagram you can follow us on Twitter at GentLifeTweets, and um also uh on TikTok at gentlife So, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the mirror around real quick and say, I hope Dan, you will also join me at some point on my podcast, Men on Mindfulness, where we we talk about these kinds of things for men specifically who, who don't, who don't look inward and, you know, who haven't taken the time to stop. and, And I'm hoping they'll find us and that they, it can make an impact in their life and help them have their pivot moment.
0: Let's do it. Ready to do it. So check out the Men on Mindfulness podcast as well. Brian, thank you so much. Awesome conversation. Likewise. Thank you. What were your key takeaways in that conversation? Please let us know. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram, tag Brian at Broadcasting and be sure to tag me. At CSC Dan Mason. What I hope you understand is that even though we're sort of getting back to whatever the normal way of life is going to be moving forward, that you didn't miss an opportunity. If you didn't use the pandemic to consciously create your next chapter, it's never too late to make a new decision. Those life results, you know, Brian creating a brand new job for himself, uh, recommitting to starting his own company, uh, buying his own investment property, and manifesting that on Miami Beach. Whatever that version of an amplified life is for you is still available. What it requires, though is a mentor, a structure, and a proven implementation plan. And if you'd like some more info about how my coaching programs can help you create those results in your life, be sure to look me up online, submit an application... CreativeSoulCoaching.net is the website to go to. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.